What's up, guys? Uh, that makes it number 50, episode 50 of The Murder Mentality. And uh, this is a picture of my cousin, Joseph Henninger. Henninger. <laughs> so, um, this picture was taken approximately 12 years ago. Um, at his wedding and um not pictured in this photo um but all pictured in the original photo is my other cousin samuel uh, sam whom i just finished tattooing um you know i was expecting the experience to be a lot more of an emotional experience than um than what it ended up being right when it happened. But usually that means that something's going to, you know, come down the pipeline, as it were, and that I'm going to have an emotional reaction to something that's a lot more powerful um, as uh, <laughs> the feelings kind of develop and become a little bit more real. Um, and uh, what I uh, want to... I just I want to show this again here real quick because we got all these the other people coming in here and stuff like that. This is my... My cousin Joseph. Um, Joe died 10 years ago on February 8th. You know, and it's weird because I was trying to explain to Lacey the other day how fucked up February is for me, man. It's just... <laughs> I've had so many bad experiences on or around my birthday, which is the 15th. It's not even funny. I just started getting to the point where I didn't even want my birthday month to come around anymore because I just felt like there was so many other birthdays that were coming up that were going to be really emotionally fucking draining. And um, what I want to um, talk about today is that like you guys aren't fucking alone, you know? Um, I remember walking down the street with my ex 10 years back and I remember my mom called and I, you know, wasn't really in the mood to, to answer the phone call. You know, it was 10 years ago. I'm 30. So I was 28. Right. And I was just walking down the street and I didn't really care that much to like, want to like answer or deal with it or whatever, but she called and she was, Immediately, she was just already totally hysterical. And she just tells me over and over, Joe died, he's gone, he's dead, he's gone. And the, uh, the thing is, is that like, it's taken me a long time to process that loss. You know, we grew up in the same household for a short period of time. We went to the same school for a short period of time. Um, he's, uh, he's two years younger than me, you know, uh, he was over at my house every weekend when I was growing up, I was raised by my grandparents, you know, and so he was over there with my, uh, with his mom visiting, you know, my grandmother, my mom, essentially, um, all the time. Like there's pictures of all of us as, as toddlers taking baths together and stuff like that, you know, and it's a really powerful experience to have, like, I just had to Joe's portrait on my uh, other cousin. And, you know, both of us, I feel like we're pretty, 
we didn't react emotionally how I thought we were going to. I don't know how else to put it, man. Like, and it, it's like, that's what you're going to say here real quickly. If, if you don't mind, I'm going to say a little prayer, you know, like, God, please just, you know, I give you my mouth. Please speak to your people about this topic because I know how fucking important it is to me. And it's so hard for me to talk about it right now. But Joe basically committed suicide. He, he put himself into a situation where the only option was that he was going to get shot by a bunch of police. Um, the crazy part is he didn't aim the gun at the police. He didn't, but he refused to put it down. And uh, he, he just kind of lost it, man. And the thing is, is that I've never considered ending my life like that, but I've considered ending my life in a lot of different ways over the years, you know? Um, and as me and my cousin Sam have sat and talked about this whole situation, and we've talked about how hard it was to lose him and how formative it was for all of us and how difficult it, it was to come from our family and I've had so many experiences over the past year where I've had the clarity to look at my own childhood and look at my own life and see how f fucked up our family was. See how little of a chance most of us had. Knowing that he and I barely escaped being a statistic. My grandfather, the one that raised me, dead from some violence in a fight with his girlfriend. My uncle, dead, being shot in a street fight. My other cousin Joe here that we were just talking about, dead, suicide by police. My other uncle, don't know where he's at anymore, but last I know he was smoking crack, living in trap houses. And... It's like half my family is successful and the other half are statistics. And I don't know how to say this. I don't know how to say this in a, in a way that people will hear it, but I just need you to fucking understand that you're not alone. I just fucking can't imagine how fucking lonely and crazy and fucking up a creek he must have felt to fucking go end his life that way. I can't imagine how fucking just lonely he felt, man. But I know how lonely he felt because I've been in those positions before. I've been in that position where I've just wondered if maybe maybe if today was the day I decided to figure out if a bullet tasted better than, than it tasted to keep going. You know, and it reminded me of why I fucking make these videos. It reminded me that, like, you know, I'm talking to those kids that are growing up with with parents that are too fucking crazy to raise them. Remind me that I talked to people that are growing up that just didn't fucking have parents. Like me, you know? Like I had a grandmother to raise me, but like I didn't realize what a fucking hole and a wound in my heart that it left for me not to have my parents in my life until I was in my mid to late 30s. And the devil wants us to feel fucking alone. They wants, he wants us to feel unconnected and unloved and beyond any type of help. But we're not. 
we're not fucking alone. Every time I think I've reached the end of my rope, every time I think that I've reached the fucking end, it keeps going. You know, when I thought my whole fucking life had come screeching to a halt and everything I fucking loved or cherished was, was being ripped away from me when Cassie relapsed and, and did everything she did before she, she died. Thought my life was ending. That was another fucking thing that happened right before my fucking birthday. And I survived that, man. And God set me up so much fucking better. My life is so fucking powerful. My life can be a fucking testimony to the people that are fucking ready to give up. You can't have a fucking testimony without being tested. You can't be fucking strong without having something fucking hard happen to be strong through. And Chris said, my nephew's suicide rocked my family's world. It crushed me. I raised him when he was little. Changed my whole world. If you need to talk, I'm here, homie. If anyone needs to talk, that's real, man. And I am too. Like, it's not even something I need to process anymore. It's something that's been processed, but it's like, fuck, man, 10 years. I wonder where he would have been. I wonder what he would have been doing. I wonder what would have happened if he just reached out and said, I can't fucking do it anymore and I need help. I make these videos for the fucking kids that grew up in households like me. They got fucking abused in ways that they couldn't fucking make sense of when they were a kid. I can fucking rationalize being sexually abused now. Like, I mean, I'm not like fucking saying that I rationalize it in a way that's like, oh, that fucking, that's okay. I rationalize it in a way where I can say, fuck, man. That fucked me up for a long time, and I just refuse to let that co to continue to fuck me up. But little kids can't rationalize that shit. I, I make videos for stuff like that for people that look like me because the reality is, is most of the motherfuckers that look like me have been through some shit. We're afraid to admit it. I make this vi these videos for the fucking dudes out there that are fucking afraid to tell their fucking their wives or their, their children maybe even, or other people that they fucking love and respect that somebody violated their trust as a child in ways that never, ever should be done. To let them know that it's okay to admit those things. It's okay to talk about them. It doesn't make you less of a man. It makes you fucking more of a man. The strongest people out there are the ones that fucking live through it, not the ones that suffer in silence until they take their own fucking lives. Suffering in silence isn't some type of like, it's not some type of martyr thing. It doesn't make you better. It makes you weaker. It makes you unable to recognize that you can't carry that burden alone. The truth is, there's going to be things that happen to all of us that should never happen to any of us. The truth is, there's going to be things that all of us have to go through that we're never going to understand. The truth is, our hearts are going to be broken in ways that we never could have comprehended could happen that way. But it's not our job to try to comprehend why or how or for what reason it happened. It's our job to decide whether or not we're going to take that and make that and do another brick, another block, like Stanley said, into the building of me, into the building of you. You're not alone. You never were.
You can't run from God. <laughs> He's there inside you waiting for you. I don't cry because I miss my cousin. I don't cry because I miss Cassie. I don't cry because I miss all the people I've lost over the years. I cry because all the people I've lost over the years who took their own lives or overdosed or were fucking murdered or put themselves into situations where they've been they've been fucking felt like their hand was forced because all of those people felt alone. I cry because I know how fucking horrible it feels to feel alone. To feel useless. To feel like nobody could give a fuck whether or not you live or die. Like the world would be better off without you because you're just a burden on the people you love. I don't feel that way now. I know better now. But fuck, man. The reality is all of us are going to be broken. You're only as strong as your willingness to ask for help. You're only as strong as the willingness to ask for help. The people that hold it in ruin themselves and the people around them. The people that hold it in never see right again. I've been having to confess how fucking heartbroken I am that Cassie did the things that she did to me. Because I've had to realize that during this 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 process of grieving that I never had the chance to process how that breakup went down before she died. And that there's probably going to be years spent figuring all that out and untangling the mess of pain and destruction and difficulty that I'm going to feel in every relationship I have now in some way, shape or form. And I will have to work through it. But I'm not going to do it alone. I'm going to talk about it. You have to talk because sometimes you don't even fucking know what's killing you inside. You don't know what's killing you inside until you fucking say it. You don't know what's killing you inside until you talk to somebody for long enough that you hear like, oh, fuck. You don't know that you had a fucking traumatizing childhood until you hear somebody else talking about some traumatizing childhood experiences and you're like, oh, fuck, that happened to me too. You don't know that you had a traumatizing childhood until you start talking about something that happened to you during your childhood and, and you're joking around about it and everybody else around you isn't laughing. And somebody looks at you and says, I'm sorry. And you realize that what you thought was a joke and what you thought that you could joke around about because it was a way for you to rationalize that pain that you never should have had to rationalize was you trying to cope with the fucking way that you had to deal with things you should never have to deal with. You know? <laughs> That's fucking hard. I wish I could make it easy, but it's not. Thing is, is that those are the strongest motherfuckers you know. They're the least entitled People like me are the hardest fucking working. The most willing to fucking pick up the slack. The most willing to do what needs to be done and not what feels like it should be done, but what needs to be done. 
And we love the deepest because we know how important it is to fucking love truly and deeply and be honest about that love. Really, I mean, fuck, man. Where was anybody when I was eight, dog? I was going through the same shit, my man. I wish somebody could have sat me down and said, your dad never should have hit you like that. Your, your fucking uncle should have never touched you like that. I wish somebody could have sat me down and asked me why I over-sexualized things when I was fucking seven, eight. To me, I thought it was fucking normal. I joked around about that shit with some of my friends one time, for real. And I was like, oh, I was like fucking, in, I was like really interested in all that shit, like fucking six, seven, eight years old. And they were like, you shouldn't be that young interested in that kind of shit. And I was like, well, I mean, I, I, do, I do know I got molested. And they're like, that's, that's why, bro. And here I just thought it was normal, you know? And I watch other people's kids. I watch my own kids and they're not doing that shit. Oh. But the thing is, though, is that because I'm fucking here now, I'm not going to shut up. I'm not going to fucking let my voice go unheard. I'm not going to let one more person ever think that they're fucking alone. That they're unloved just because their parents don't know how to love because their parents were unloved. We can be the ending of these generational traumas. We are the strongest motherfuckers we know and we will make the strongest generation that we have ever seen. Instead of saying, oh, well, this generation's all fucked up, we're going to say, man, I raised this generation to be some fucking savages. Is they're not alone? Neither are we. Love all of you guys. The only thing I got to say today, man, is just remember you're not fucking alone don't ever let anybody convince you that you are and don't ever convince yourself that you're alone there's always somebody that will talk to you my door is always open it might not be immediate but i will do my best to respond to you and talk to you love you guys have a great day rest in peace joe henninger i love you bro been a long time